How's it going, everybody? This is Dylan. Welcome with, to Deep Dives with Dylan. We have a very special guest today, the John Root. John Root, tell us about yourself. Well, Dylan, thanks for having me on, man. I love the podcast so far. I love that you have this whole like easily digestible content for people. It's very inspiring. I've oh, loved it you. so far, but I'm John Root. I'm Turning Point USA contributor, big sports guy, too. Oh, I got a breakaway podcast here with Turning Point USA. We cover the maybe conservative angle of sports that a lot of mainstream media doesn't cover at all. Obviously, I don't really like a lot of politics in sports, but since it's already in there, we're to give you a different side of the conversation you're really not going to hear anywhere else, maybe other than Outkick the Coverage, Jason Whitlock, and a few other people online. And I've been here for a little over a year. I have a huge background in sports media, and I, I love doing what I do now. Yeah, and we appreciate you. We appreciate you giving us the right perspective on sports. And to, it's easy easy to digest because of all the politics and a whole bunch of stuff that goes into it um, that we sh- that shouldn't go into it. So we really appreciate your hard work and dedication to bringing the truth out in sports. And um, so how did you first get into sports? What got you into it? Well, I've always loved sports. I played sports when I was a kid. And, you know, I was that classic little kid that was like, I want to play in the NBA. I want to play in the NFL. And, you know, quickly you realize that, uh, you know, I could probably play in college. I could probably play a, a high level, but uh, making it to the pros probably ain't happening. <laughs> and I was, I mean, I was actually a fairly shy kid when I was younger. And then I got out of my shell. And funny enough, I remember watching a show called, um, oh gosh, what was it called? Uh, I'm going blank on it, but it was on ESPN. And it was all about this reality show becoming the next Sports Center anchor. And I apologize, I don't remember the name of the show. But I remember watching that, I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to talk about sports all day, every day. And I want to do it from an angle that's really entertaining, an outlet away from politics, craziness of the world. And I found a lot of joy and value in that. So I knew for a long time, I was like, I can play sports. I ended up playing uh, at Azusa Pacific University, a small D2 school in Southern California. And... Uh, from there, I was like, all right, I'm studying communication and journalism. I'm going to start getting into that. I was lucky enough to get some sweet internships. I uh, interned at KCRA 3 Sacramento, one of the biggest news stations in Sacramento where I grew up. Worked in the sports department. Uh, I got a job with NBC Sports Bay Area in California. Interned with them while I was in college. Started the news station on campus at Azusa Pacific. Started working in minor league baseball. Then I worked in major league baseball. Then I got a job with the San Jose Sharks that I think really propelled me in my career. I worked for them for about five seasons and I was a host and reporter for them. So anytime you went to a game, I was hyping up the crowd. I was also interviewing people. And then I traveled with the team a little bit. And then some of that content was used for NBC Sports Bay Area in California. I worked for the Golden State Warriors G League team, the Santa Cruz Warriors. So I've been involved in sports media for a long time. I've loved sports. It was a great outlet away from everything. I found a lot of joy, value, and fulfillment in that. Not ultimate joy, value, and fulfillment, but it was a great place for me. And then once the pandemic hit, I had to make a a little bit of a change, had to reinvent myself just like a lot of people. And I found this opening here at Turning Point USA and kind of found this opening in the industry. And I was like, let's party. Let's do it. Let's talk about sports, but let's also uh, talk about 
um, these aspects of sports you're not really hearing anywhere else. So I've been extremely blessed with some incredible opportunities. Oh, sweet. Yeah, we're lucky to have you, and we have the same major, which is really great. And I, you know, I listen to your podcast. I listen to what you have to say, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I want to be like that guy when I grow <laughs> up. I love, I love listening on the, on the way to work, on the drive, just uh, what your perspective is on sports and everything. It really makes me think, and I, we really appreciate that at Turning Point USA. We're really lucky to have you. It means a lot. Thank you. And um, so, uh, who, so we, there's a lot of speculation, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, a whole bunch of different people. Who is the real MVP in the NFL? Who's going to win it? Aaron Rodgers is the MVP. I, it doesn't matter what you know, MVP voters are calling him a bum or saying that he's one of the meanest dudes in the league. He's a jerk. I mean, that stuff doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter. And it's become way too political when it comes to that. I mean, Tom Brady had an incredible season. Like, don't get me wrong. I was actually very shocked that he ended up retiring because I thought he was going to play until he's 655 years old. Yeah, <laughs> you know, <me> too. <laughs> he's an incredible talent. And he obviously led the league in passing yards and, and touchdowns. But Aaron Rodgers, there was no doubt that he was the MVP. What that guy was, was able to do was was fascinating. Yeah. And I think anybody that really watches the NFL, anybody that's going to be voting, knows that he is wholeheartedly the MVP. Oh, for sure. I yeah. totally agree with you. Aaron Rodgers, I love what he does, does on and off the field. I grew up watching him. I love I love it when people ask me how old I am because just, I just say I'm Tom, Tom Brady's career. That's how old <laughs> I am. Um, but, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I really wish the most success for Aaron Rodgers. He has one ring, but I would love to see him get more. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not a Packers fan, I, I'm, I'm a Rams fan all the way. Um, but I would love to see him get more and do that for sure. So let me ask you this. Who is your favorite NFL football team and why? Well, unfortunately, I'm an Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, <laughs> I was For people that don't know, I was born in the Bay Area, the San Francisco Bay Area, um, right outside of uh, Oakland in the East Bay. And, you know, I grew up loving Bay Area sports. And, you know, I was a Niners fan for probably about eight, nine years of my life. And I, I love the Oakland A's, love the San Jose Sharks that I eventually worked for, Golden State Warriors, love them. But the 99 Super Bowl, that's when I was eight years old. <laughs> and my brother's uh, team was playing the Falcons. He's a Broncos fan. This is the first game he ever went to was a Broncos game. He loved Terrell Davis. And he's about three years older than me. I'm like, I do not want my older brother's team to win. It's yeah. like that sibling They're rivalry. Angry. So I'm like, <laughs> we watched it at church, and I'm like, I'm going hard for the Falcons. Falcons got smoked. It was, <laughs> it was, it was not good. But from there, I was just kind of like, you know, sometimes when you're younger, you're just like, oh, I kind of like their colors or I like their logo. Ooh, or there's the uniform. A few, yeah, there's a few people like on the team that you really enjoy. And then I had a little crossover, you know, just like a lot of kids do. And then eventually, I think probably by about like 10, 11 years old, I was like, all right, I am – wholeheartedly a Falcons fan. I loved Michael Vick, and it was so strange because a lot of people were like, did you grow up in Atlanta? Do you have connections to the Falcons? Yeah. And it is very random, but I, that's what I ended up choosing, and it's, I stuck with it. And for me, I was like, I'm not going to go back to being like a, a Niners fan. I always got uh, a yeah, piece of my heart choice. for them. <laughs> and, but it ended up being a really difficult decision, Dylan, because <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that Super Bowl, speaking of Tom Brady, he ripped my heart out. And that was tough because I'm like, man, I've been waiting since I was eight years old to see my team in the Super Bowl again. But it's it's been a tough road. Tom Brady's definitely beat the Falcons ten times out of ten. 
that was a tough little thing to see. Good thing but, no more. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> glad he's out of the league so he can't beat us anymore. And he's out of the NFC South for sure. But, I mean, I, I'm a Falcons fan. I'm seeing it through. That's the way I live my life. That's that's what you got to do. You can't just jump ship just because you had a tough Super Bowl, tough seasons, and continue to blow it. So I'm a Falcons fan. Am I really proud of it? Not too much. <laughs> but am I going to stick with it? Of course. I love the Warriors spirit. I love your dedication to the to the Falcons. Even though sometimes they may not perform the best, but you know, the next season Falcons may be up there. We never know. I I hope so. They got they got a lot of work to do for sure. And how can we make sports great again with all that's happening in the league when it comes to non sports commentary? I always love talking about this. We chatted about it at America Fest. I know yeah. we had uh, Michael Chandler up there from the UFC, Steve Weatherford that won a Super Bowl with the Giants, former NFL fittest man, had a great career in the NFL. And then you also had Cameron Haynes, endurance athlete up there. And we had a good discussion about this. And for me, the way I view it is we've gone unbelievably woke. There's a lot of identity politics in sports. A lot of things that divide us rather than unite us. Because, I mean, you've gone to games so much throughout your life, and a lot of people listening here, you go to games to escape politics. Yeah. You go to games to ex- escape what's going on, and you know maybe your relationships, your family, or the craziness of life. And when sports started to dive into a lot of this nonsense, social justice nonsense, that plagued cops as being the bad guys, and it divided us racially. And usually we went to sports as, you know, it can be a big vector for change. But how do we make sports great again? Get woke identity politics out. Obviously, we should always have discussions about this. But if anybody's going to try to tell me that the Rooney rule is good for the NFL, that people that are hiring or even people that are going for jobs should be seeing themselves or the people that are potentially hiring by the color of their skin and then get rewarded for that, that's not progress. There's a lot of regression that I'm seeing. And unfortunately, a lot of places like you know ESPN have dove head first into that. I know that Project Veritas just had a great video exposing ESPN. Does that mean that everybody at ESPN is horrible? No. Does that mean that everybody in sports, um, the you know commissioners and everything like that, does that make them bad people? No. I think a lot of them just are not courageous. And I think if we get woke identity politics out of sports and start making sports about meritocracy, because it's the greatest meritocracy. Mm-hmm. Like, we're never going to have an NFL team look exactly like America when it comes to race. It doesn't matter. It's like whoever can get the job done should be playing on the field or coaching on the sidelines. And that's what bums me out so much is because we're desperately looking for an outlet and we don't have it anymore. And sports has really gotten into um, just a lot, a lot of the stuff that, that isn't helping people out. And it's, and it's making people tune out, whether they're watching from the couch or making people not want to buy tickets anymore or support these leagues. And for a lot of them, rightfully so. 
Yeah, I, I can definitely see that because last season it was really hard for me to watch, especially when they didn't have any fans in the audience, when things were changing, when they put a lot of things on their helmets. I was just, you know, I just felt like, you know, I'm going to take a season off and just watch the Super Bowl and everything. Now this season back full force and excited to see my Rams take down the Bengals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. and I, I really, think they're going to do it. I hope so. And um, what is the de- – in your eyes – what is the definition of the warrior spirit? Well, it's something I actually learned at Azusa Pacific. Um, so when I came here, I knew uh, at Turning Point USA, it was like warrior spirit. That's what we have to stick with. That's something that should be ingrained in you. And something I learned at Azusa Pacific was being a warrior man. I mean, for me being a Christian to, I think it's first and foremost, your relationship with Christ and your salvation is is the most important. It's more important than your conservatism, any politician, any political party. And when it comes to warrior spirit, I go along with being a warrior man. You gotta be courageous. You gotta stand up for stuff. You can't just try to be the the nice guy all the time. You gotta fight for what you believe in. You gotta fight for truth. Because right now too, you have the world that's trying to tell you what's what's truthful. You have the world trying to tell you what's moral. And if you're going to go to the world for that kind of stuff, it's constantly going to fluctuate because that's just sin in, in the world too. And we need, we need to go to the truth and being a warrior is someone that stands true on their morals, stands on the truth and stands on this aspect of being a servant leader. You don't stand up for this stuff, post things on social media for clout yourself. You got to do it for more than just you. You gotta do it for your friends, your family, your God. And I think that's what really makes somebody um, dive into warrior spirit, and that's how I would define it. I really love your take on that. It was, it's so respectable of you to you know, have all, all those great, fantastic views on the warrior spirit. As I've been trying to you know, get everybody into, it's warrior spirit Wednesday. It's, it's warrior spirit every day. Yep. But, you know, I, want, I want people to be like, hey, it's warrior spirit Wednesday today. <laughs> and do a whole bunch of stuff like that. Warrior spirit is very important to me and, and everybody here because that's what we thrive on. Mm-hmm. We have to wake up every day, be the best we can be, be the best we can for Jesus, and be the best we can for, um, for ourselves and to really accomplish what we want to and and achieve our dreams so thank you very much for that and um what advice do you have to our audience who wants to make a difference in this world i think it goes along with what we just talked about try to make a difference for the next generation try to make a difference for your family try to make a difference for christ because ultimately it has to come down to who are you doing this for like if if you're doing it for some sort of self-serving reason you're not going to find the value and fulfillment you're desperately looking for. And that's why I think sometimes people feel a little lost. And we can both get that way too. Like just because we have a relationship with Christ and feel like we have a pretty good head on our shoulders, like we get lost too. Sometimes we do things that are a little bit more self-serving. But I think once you start serving others, that's what I would say is could inspire people uh, you know, to fight back more, stand on their morals, and have a good understanding of, you know, sense of direction, I guess. And I think from there, you got to figure out exactly what is truth. And from there, it's like, it's going to be a difficult road. There's a lot of times where you stand firm on those morals and your values and wildly unpopular. (laughs) There's, I know there's a lot of people here. I know with you, like I'm sure there's times where you're kind of losing friends, having tough conversations with family, but 
I think it's inspiring for people to see someone that just doesn't go with the flow, doesn't just let the world tell them what's popular and that's what you're gonna use as your worldview. You're gonna research this stuff. You're gonna still care about people and care about people by giving them the truth. And sometimes that is the, I'd say all the time, that's how you can best love people is by giving, giving them the truth. It's wildly uncomfortable, but it's for the best. Oh, for sure. Just like my truth doesn't exist, it's the truth. Amen. I hope everybody takes your advice. I know I will. You're, you're a great hero to Turning Point USA and everybody who's involved. Um, thank you so much for being the, very, the first and the very special guest on my podcast, uh, Deep Dives with Dylan, 1776. Thank you guys for listening. Um, I'm your host, Dylan, special guest, John Root. Thank you guys for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe, all the fantastic stuff, and we will catch you at the next one.